Hello and welcome to our At Any Rate Emerging Markets Focus podcast, a place for us to discuss recent developments and key issues of focus in the emerging market fixed income asset class. I'm Johnny Goulden from the Emerging Market Strategy team here at JP Morgan, and I'm joined by Saad Siddiqui, another senior emerging market strategist from the group. Saad, thanks for joining. Hi, Johnny. Good to be here. So, um, Saad, it's been a volatile and I guess weak April for emerging market assets and market pricing has moved really quite rapidly. Um, we recently had the biannual IMF World Bank meetings in DC. So let's just start with that first. What were the main takeaways as far as you're concerned from, from those meetings? So yes, it has been a very volatile period for EM assets of late. And your policymakers and investors finally got together physically for the first time really since COVID um, that in, in DC. There are several things I think that were discussed there. Uh, for emerging markets, there's clearly a lot of focus right now on the number of vulnerabilities and the, the fragile condition of many countries, especially the frontier markets. There was discussion on the instability that could arise from higher inflation, especially food inflation, concerns about socioeconomic distress also loomed quite large. Um, for the developed markets, I think it was really about inflation. That was by and large uh, the major focus of attention of policymakers. Uh, and the message there was, I guess, unexpectedly quite a hawkish one in terms of the actions developed market central banks are going to have to take to, to bring inflation uh, back down to target. Uh, and of course, the Russia-Ukraine war loomed quite large in all of this. There was a lot of discussions about geopolitics, the, the changing order of, uh, of kind of the global uh, geopolitics and, and what that means for uh, the medium to long term, uh, and a lot of discussion also about commodity markets and the fact that there are still quite a lot of upside risks on potential supply threats. And we've already seen some of that play out this week with Russia restricting gas supplies to, uh, to certain countries, including Poland. So yeah, as you highlight, clearly policymakers have a, a tough challenge balancing these risks of inflation against growth, all against this environment of, of tightening global monetary conditions. That's a set of themes that actually we've been talking about in these podcasts for the last few months. But as we were talking for most of that time, we had been highlighting the puzzle of sort of the resilience of EMFX for most of the start of this year. Um, and that seems to have changed and reversed in the last couple of weeks. So what's going on there? That's absolutely right. A lot of the things discussed in DC weren't really new. We've been talking about them and investors have been talking about a lot of these forces for some time. And Q1 in that context really was a head scratcher because we were seeing the Fed turn ever more hawkish. We had the war breakout in Russia and Ukraine and all the risks that it came with, including the, the supply, potential supply disruptions uh, to key strategic commodities. 
Uh, we had inflation also surprising to the upside. We had China risks also um, uh, coming into focus. But EM currencies in Q1, despite all of this, actually uh, appreciated by 1% against the dollar in spot terms. So that was a mystery, and really it's an anomaly. Um, you know, we have done some work which shows that historically at least, it's incredibly rare for EM currencies to appreciate against the dollar, uh, even while the dollar index is going higher. You know, so we had large depreciations of the euro and of the yen as well, but EM currencies were generally unfazed uh, by that. Uh, but April, as you say, quite rightly, has been a big reversal of that month to date. Uh, we have now seen a 4% depreciation of EM currencies um, so far. So that takes us now to a year-to-date depreciation of 3%. So it has been uh, quite a dramatic change of fortunes for EM currencies. So... Obviously, we were asking ourselves back then about the resilience and why we weren't reacting. Um, just to come back to the question is, is really not why are we seeing EMFX weaken here it was sort of what we had been expecting, but really why is that happening now and, and what has really changed it? Absolutely. So the question is about the catalyst, which has finally resulted in all of these pressures that we're building for so long to be reflected in asset prices. I think, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, one of the big anomalies in the first quarter was the fact that that relationship between EMFX and the DXY, the, the, and the broad dollar, uh, broke down. And that doesn't happen very often. It's only happened a few times in the past couple of decades. I think one reason for that is, you know, we had quite a bit of stability in CNY. And the fact that the yuan was stable despite we a weakening euro and yen, I think that did provide quite a bit of support for EM currencies. You know, some of the work that we've done suggests that EM currencies now on the whole have a much greater correlation with CNY than they do with euro uh, or the yen. So the CNY is kind of a more important currency. And the fact that it was not just stable in Q1, it was actually appreciating, was a big source of support. And at the same time, we had a big terms of trade bounce as well. So that helped uh, the commodity exporters quite a lot. And even though emerging markets have both commodity importers and exporters, you tend to find that the index of EM currencies moves more with commodities prices. So higher commodities prices, all else equal, result in EMFX appreciation. That said, the correlation with commodities can be quite volatile. Sometimes it's quite high, other times it's low. And as these growth concerns from China have reemerged and come to the fore, um, yeah, I think commodities prices have tempered, so they're no longer rising. And I think the big depreciation that we've seen of CNY over the past few weeks, which um, 
I think has taken most investors really by surprise uh, has catalyzed a much bigger reaction to EM currencies and those currencies that were most loved in Q1, the commodities exporters, those that you know were benefiting from CNY appreciation and commodity price appreciation, those are the ones uh, that have reversed the most since then. So all told, I would expect that relationship between the dollar and EM currencies to normalize and some of these cyclical forces that we were focused on should now um, be, uh, be kind of more influential in driving EM asset prices than they were in the first quarter. Okay, so we should be now thinking about a period with a more normal relationship between EMFX and the broader dollar. And as you say, this keeps the focus on the things that really we've been discussing for much of the year so far, which are these broader cyclical forces. So let's talk a little bit more about where we are with those. We, we've had a range of concerns um, about where we are in the cycle, the interaction of inflation and growth. These don't seem to be getting that much better with today's US GDP print, do they? Yeah, that's right. You know, we have been talking about the stagflationary direction of inflation and growth. The inflation surprises continue to build to the upside. Our growth forecasts continue to trend and edge lower. Um, today's negative surprise to US GDP, it came in at minus 1.4% quarter on quarter annualized uh, versus the expectation of a positive 1% uh, on consensus, um, I think just reinforces that trend. At the same time, over the last uh, week or two, we've been continuing to downgrade our China forecast as well. So our economist uh, now expects 4.6% year-over-year growth um, in, in for 2022, um, and it seems that inflation, the inflationary pressures really aren't uh, diminishing uh, in the near term. So the work that we've done in the past, and this is something, again, I think we have discussed in previous podcasts, is that this set of forecast revisions, which show inflation forecasts going higher and growth forecasts going lower, is not good for returns on EM fixed income assets. In fact, in this type of regime, you find negative total returns across all EM assets, whether it's FX, local rates, sovereign credit, or corporate credit. So I think this is um, still an environment where you know, we want to be cautious and defensive uh, in EM fixed income assets. That's not to say that we want to paint every single country and market with the same brush, but I think the overall portfolio stance here uh, should be um, should be a cautious and defensive one. One exception, I guess, is um, on commodities prices. You know, unlike in uh, in a typical cycle where we would expect you know a rising uh, you know Fed funds rate to result in not just broad dollar strength, but commodities to sell off as well. That seems unlikely because the supply risks to commodities, I think will still remain with us for some time to come. And that means any 
weakening that you get in EM assets is unlikely to be a disorderly one, especially for the commodities exporters. So I think you want to have a neutral um, to maybe even relative value slightly bullish stance on the commodity exporters and focus a lot of the defensiveness on commodity importers. So Johnny, switching gears uh, from that, as I mentioned earlier, one of the key themes um, in DC during the IMF World Bank meetings uh, were around the pockets of distress in emerging markets debt. Uh, we're beginning to see news now of greater engagement with the IMF and other sources of support um, for some countries. Uh, can you update us where we are on that journey? Sure, yeah. So I, I think as we've been looking at it and as we, we've described it, for most large EM countries, the macro backdrop isn't a great one, but it's not necessarily you know severe uh, in some sense. But for some of the smaller EM countries, particularly those commodities importers with existing um, vulnerabilities from high debt levels, we are seeing more stress from current conditions. And we've seen, for example, Egypt and Pakistan have already had to engage more with the IMF, uh, raising policy rates, having some currency devaluation and, and getting access to other sources of financing um, because market financing is, is less easy to come by at the moment. It looks like another sort of bellwether of, of that group of countries. Sri Lanka is seemingly already past that point, has, has recently missed the payment on its sovereign bonds. Um, and I think we should expect, as global financing conditions tighten further, this environment for EM sovereign credit is likely to continue to see the, these ongoing special situations, particularly if... Uh, as again, we've talked about the yield curve inversion that we saw recently in the US is probably telling us we are somewhat further along in this cycle uh, than we, we had thought we were. Uh, and in that kind of situation against a, a backdrop of, of tightening um, global financial conditions, you know, it, it seems likely that we're going to see this ongoing uh, series of special situations for, for EM sovereigns. For very different reasons, next week we also are going to see a uh, focus probably back on Russia's bonds. We have the grace period for the 2022 bonds, uh, dollar bonds, uh, which were due to be paid uh, nearly a month ago uh, in dollars. Um, the grace period will end next week. We know Russia has already stated that, that it's paid this in ruble, and that will mean the grace period likely expires without the bond payment terms having been fulfilled. So uh, no doubt we'll have uh, a lot more to say about that in the next podcast, uh, and we'll leave it until then. That brings us to the end of uh, this week's JP Morgan at any rate Emerging Markets Focus podcast. Thanks to you, Saad, for joining today, and thank you all for listening. We hope to have you back again with us for the next one. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2022 JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on the 28th of April, 2022.